This is Think Retail, a podcast where top designers, strategists, thought leaders, and business people discuss what's coming next. Today, we're speaking to Max Peiro, CEO of Rehub, a digital transformation agency based in China that helps brands solve all sorts of modern problems using AI and machine learning. Right now, people in China are carefully emerging as COVID-19 appears to be slowing down. With economies in a fragile state, many are wondering what Q2 and Q3 will look like or if they're even going to have a job. Retail brands that have incorporated AI are faring better. Max is going to tell us why, how Chinese companies can innovate to get through this difficult time, and what the rest of the world can learn from their experiences. Max, welcome and thank you for speaking with us today. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and Rehab? Hi, Melinda. It's a pleasure to be here. So uh, about myself, I was born and raised in Barcelona, but I've been living in, in Shanghai since 2008. And I always say that I've been uh, extremely fortunate to experience firsthand this incredible transformation that, that happened in, in China in the last decade. And when I say firsthand, I mean it um, during this time, I founded uh, two startups prior to Rehab, one e-commerce agency that uh, I was lucky to sell to a, to a European group and a retail analytics startup that was acquired by SoftBank. So basically, Rehab was founded based on uh, two premises of my past experience. First one, uh, that corporations need to be agile and need to be efficient in order to drive sustainable growth. Uh, and in this fast-changing environment that we live at, in-house resources, legacy technologies are not enough to drive this agility and this efficiency. And the second point is that everyone sees corporations with the startups as one of the ways to go. But in reality, most of these efforts in startup corporate cooperation fail. So at Rehab, we wanted to solve these problems. And what we do is we work with uh, global brands in China to help them address specific business challenges by leveraging AI startups. So we focus on uh, demand side. We try to put the challenge first and based on the challenge, find the most relevant solutions. When, when I talk about challenges, uh, unfortunately, we, we cannot solve all the problems in the world like uh, climate change or the coronavirus, but we mostly focus on three main pillars. One of them is growth. The other one is efficiency. And the last one is experience. So we try to solve business challenges that, uh, that uh, cover uh, any of these three pillars. And uh, we only work with growth stage startups, meaning that uh, these startups that we recommend to the brands, they already have a mature solution, uh, they have a, a sizable team, and they are used to work with uh, global corporations. So we focus mostly on three categories, beauty, luxury, and CPG brands. And at the end of the day, what we aim to do is to try to bring our business expertise to understand these challenges that these global brands are facing and leveraging also our experience with AI startups to validate the most relevant ones and introduce the ones that can solve specific challenges. Um, so 
in the intro, I mentioned that brands that were already using AI and machine learning before the COVID-19 crisis have managed to fare a bit better during the crisis. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And if you have an example, maybe share one with us. I, I wouldn't say it's specifically about AI, okay. but I think that it's more about those brands that were already more agile were able to adapt better to the situation. And I think that probably uh, the use of AI is one characteristic of these agile brands. Right. So um, let me give you a, an example of what I think is a, an amazing uh, brand that was able to quickly adapt to the situation. Um, I'm not sure if you heard about it. It's a name called Forest Cabin. It's a, it's a local brand um, in skincare. Okay. So like, like, like most, like all of the brands, when, the, when, when, when this virus hit, uh, around 90% of their offline uh, sales um, were, were disappeared overnight. So, of course, you have a big problem. You don't have the, uh, the sales, but you still have all the related costs. And especially in China, uh, most of the brands, their shops stay open. So they had the rental, they had the, uh, the salaries cost. So they decided to turn all these offline sales assistant to live streaming to promote their products. So... Obviously, this is something uh, that uh, to do it in a matter of days is extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of even you decide to implement this to turn your, all your offline employees into live streamers, you need the support of AI. So, for example, anything from being able to better train uh, the employees. Remember, these are sales assistants. These are not professional live streamers. Right. Uh, or uh, using AI in order to analyze the response or the feedback during the live streaming sessions in order to optimize them or even to evaluate the performance of uh, these, these live streamers. But I, again, I would highlight the agility of, of this brand and many others to, uh, to react fast and to be able to turn this uh, challenge into an opportunity and of course, the, uh, the ability of AI to support through this process. That's excellent. I mean, you are in Shanghai today and you're telling me before we started recording that things are starting to improve a little bit. How are consumers reacting as they're starting to come out of this period of quarantine? That's, that's a very um, interesting uh, and relevant question, of course. I would say um, they react with cautious optimism. So at least in, in Shanghai, what I can see every day is that pretty much everyone is back at work. You see more traffic coming to shops, to restaurants, to cafes. But at the same time, everywhere, everywhere, everyone is still wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. There are uh, temperature controls everywhere. So, so um, I think that people are uh, more optimistic, more positive, but still very cautious. Right. Well, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Your company conducted a study about how people expect to spend money during this period. Can you tell us a little bit about how this research was conducted? Yes. So when this, when this pandemic uh, hit China, um, it happened very fast, right? And we realized that um, people were trying to, um, to reach conclusions on, on what was going on. They were trying to relate it to the previous experience with SARS back in 2002, but in general, there was a lack of 
first-hand information on what customer, uh, customers thought. Right. And of course, it takes time to conduct a research on customer sentiment. So we decided to use a machine learning algorithm uh, from Zector, one of the solutions that we have in our pool, um, in order to obtain this uh, consumer sentiment. So we released an online panel targeting 900 respondents from Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. And then we asked them 10 questions based on three scenarios, an optimistic one, a base one, and a pessimistic one. Mm -hmm. So it took us around two days to design these questions, to launch this online panel, and then to collect the answers. Once we received these answers, we use uh, Zector machine learning algorithms to extract the insights in a matter of hours. hours. Wow. So anything related to um, um, different uh, psychographics, customer segmentation, preference towers, specific categories, uh, according to the scenario. So we're able to, from defining what we wanted to obtain, to obtain these insights in less than four days. Wow. Um, I think it's a great example on how nowadays you can use data, you can use different applications of AI to solve uh, specific challenges. Wow. I mean, that's so fast. I, we do that kind of research and we certainly aren't able to do it in four days. That's amazing. Can you tell us, so, so you, you had three scenarios and you were asking people different questions. Can you tell us what the, the study um, determined or what information, what insights you determined through this research? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first, uh, what we saw is um, it was across the different segments and the different geographies that pretty much a majority of consumers were expecting to, that it would take almost five months to return to normalcy. Mm -hmm. So they were, they were expecting this, this was launched in beginning of February. So uh, around May to June for things to go back to normal, right? right? Even though it's hard to understand what normal, what normal is, but, but normal, normal life as we knew before, before the, uh, this virus. Right. Um, so that the levels of spending didn't change much, but there were changes in budget allocation. Right. So they were still like, like um, intending to spend the same, but their preference changed. Some of the insights were quite obvious in terms of, of course, increasing consumption of household goods or packaged food, but some of them were quite interesting. For example, just as a matter of example, we saw that under pessimistic scenario, meaning that if this uh, situation lasts until the end of the year, the packaged food consumption would decrease. So maybe perhaps people would be tired of eating packaged food for so long and they would just go back to try to buy fresh foods. Right. Or another one that I think is interesting is that we saw a decrease in the intention of consume alcohol across all segments and all scenarios. So this is something that probably in some other uh, markets would see the opposite, right? An increase right. in alcohol consumption. Well, I mean, interestingly, in Ontario, the liquor stores have considered an, an essential service. So <laughs> I would suspect that in Ontario, we would probably have the opposite. Now that people are starting to come out and go to work in China, are there any interesting innovations that you're seeing among retailers that you think are noteworthy? Yes, uh, but I think also, I mean, I mean, Chinese ecosystem is quite different than the rest of the world. But I would say that um, the first one is, I wouldn't say it's an innovation per se because it was already happening, but I think it's a confirmation of the importance of live streaming. 
right? I mentioned before about uh, Forest Cabin turning sales assistants into live streamers, but we've seen uh, a massive increase in live streaming, and I think that it's here to stay, right? Another one is the, uh, also the consolidation of O2O, right? I think that during this crisis, delivery uh, companies like uh, Dienping or Alama or Hama were not only the winners, but the heroes, right? I mean, they really support the needs of millions of millions of people that were in quarantine. And I think that also this uh, brings new opportunities, especially for CPG companies mm -hmm. to break down traditional distribution models. So we're seeing with a lot of our CPG clients that their highest priority to invest right now post-crisis or, 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 or getting out of the crisis is on their O2O models, for example. And another one uh, that I think it's quite interesting is the, um, the interest in private traffic, okay, on how to, how to leverage marketplaces like Tmall, etc. That was the common uh, way to go when embracing online sales, but traffic on WeChat, for example. Mm -hmm. And same as before, I gave you the example of Forest Cabin and turning um, sales assistant into live, streamer, live streamers. We've seen many brands that did something similar, but turning this sales assistant uh, into online uh, sellers. So turning into their personal networks on WeChat in order to drive sales. So I think this is a concept that we'll see it growing um, in China and could potentially be uh, embraced uh, by the rest of the world, which is the fact of putting more important on private traffic and empowering the sales assistant in the stores also to uh, embrace online. So a true omni-channel experience from the uh, supply side. Right. And that, revolves, that involves having a lot of trust in your sales associates because you're now giving them a bit more power. Do you have any, I'm thinking about that one example, Forest Cabin that you gave to us. How did they train, how did they get their staff ready so quickly? Well, uh, yeah, confidence trust uh, is important, but as I, as I mentioned before, um, here is where I think the, the importance of AI and different technologies is, right? Uh, on the ability of being able to provide them support. Uh, I don't know specifically about Forest Cabin. Unfortunately, they are not our client. I wish they were because they are a very innovative company, but we have solutions in our pool, for example, that we actually were recently launched given the importance of live streaming, right? So nowadays, you can, use, you can use machine learning, you can use computer vision, natural language processing to be able to collect information about the live streaming in real time. And then you can use this information either to monitor and to assess the, uh, the relevance, the, the, the response, but also to provide support to the sales assistant. You can even tell them, what they need to reply or what things are working and they need to continue pushing that things. So in North America, we're, you know, we're kind of where you were in February and March. Are there any quick measures that companies could adopt now that can help them withstand the turbulence with a little more resilience? Um, I would say that uh, obviously the highest priority is about uh, employee safety and damage control. So this is what we saw in China and we'll see everywhere that it's the highest priority for companies. But once this is achieved, I would say that it's all about information. Um, I think that what it happens is that you need to make crucial decisions very fast, 
these type of decisions before it would imply months of research and discussions and now you need to make them on a daily basis. So I think that it's important to have as much relevant information as possible. And in this sense, I think that obviously the importance of data, and I think that nowadays uh, we have an ab abundance of data, so this is not a problem, but the importance of technology, different AI applications to extract insights, quick insights based on this data and being able to make informed decisions. Do you think that this crisis is going to provide impetus for brands to become more innovative and future-focused? And maybe you could tell us um, anything that you're seeing in China in regards to that right now. Absolutely. I think that this has been or it's being a wake-up call for many brands. And we're seeing it already in China. Um, I mentioned before what is our value proposition. In fact, we are receiving more requests from global brands for our uh, solutions than before the crisis. So I think that specifically in China, yeah, I would say that a few, few aspects that are extremely relevant for them. First one, short term to boost uh, online revenues, right? Because I mean, offline, of course, it's been hit uh, hard and it's going to take still several months to fully recover. So how to, in the short term, optimize their uh, online sales. Uh, we are uh, working a lot on uh, marketing optimization, so, so uh, optimize your, your marketing uh, bags, work on ROI. Uh, also, anything related to uh, consumer insights, um, I think that this crisis also it took a dent on the consumer preferences and buying habits, so uh, a lot of brands are concerned, rightfully concerned, about understanding uh, their consumers' perception on whether this change or not after the crisis, and anything related uh, more midterm about omnichannel capabilities, right? I was giving you before the example of empowering sales assistants, but now we see an increased interest, especially among premium and luxury brands, on really boosting their omnichannel capabilities. And do you think that these are that these are universally relevant, that they're also relevant in North America? Do you think there's a difference between what we need here compared to what they need in China? Um, I think that the difference are mostly on which stage the company is. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is something that is universal, which is to put the customer at the center. And I think I know that this is something that all the brands are saying, but it's about doing it, right? And I was talking before, right before about omnichannel. So in order to be able to deploy omnichannel, it's all about having a unified view of your customers across the different channels, right? So this is obvious, but not that many brands nowadays still do it. And then, of course, like being able to, and once you understand what they need, being able to personalize your offering. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. And I'm going to link to the Rehub website and WeChat in our podcast description for anyone who wants to get in touch with Max and find out more. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks a lot. Agility is something that needs to be built into brand culture. It is a buzzword that you hear a lot. As Max mentioned, it's like putting the customer first. That can begin to sound a bit cliche. And yet brands that fail to actualize these ideas may find it much harder to adjust on the fly when unexpected disruption takes place. As the COVID-19 pandemic has demonstrated, being able to shift quickly is not just a nice thing to have. It can save your business from catastrophe. 
Working with innovators such as Rehub and leveraging their network of startup tools with a proven track record is one way brands can begin to develop a more agile culture. If you'd like to get in touch or read the research study I mentioned during my conversation with Max, I'll link to both in the podcast description. Thanks for listening. For more information about Think Retail, you can reach us at info at sld.com. For more episodes, visit us online at sld.com slash podcast. Next time, we discuss strategic foresight and how it can help brands better prepare for the future. We hope you'll join us.